Hello, everyone. We want to take this opportunity to say thank you. As you go at the Golden Boot, so do our needs, but we cannot do it without you. We ask that you continue to like our posts, share our content, and subscribe to our YouTube, Facebook, and other social media platforms. You may also visit thegoldenboot.com for the latest merch. If you would like to make a financial donation, you can do so through Cash App at Money Sign Golden Boot or through PayPal at paypal.me slash golden boot. We look forward to bringing you more laughs, knowledge, and entertainment. And again, thank you for your endless support. Sincerely and respectfully, the Golden Boot team. The views and opinions expressed in the Golden Boot podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling? Quiet on the set. Hey, welcome back to another episode of HBCU Hour. It's your boy Pooh Bell. I got my man Aunt Petty Murphy in the building. What's good with you, man? How you doing this evening? What's happening with you, my boy? Not much. I I uh I forgot to uh put my put my song on here, so that's why I ain't play it. Oh. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Welcome back. But anyway, man, what's good, everybody? Hope everybody's having a wonderful evening. What's good, Chuck? <laughs> Dave in the building. What's up, fellas? Of course, I got got young Ichiro in the building, man. All in here. <laughs> what to say? If you all in the video, dancing and talking. I would say come to come to Golden Boot. Can't say that because. Anyway, oh, because we got one all in the video. Yeah, yeah, y'all, all up in y'all. But man, what's man? Uh, we getting close, man. We getting close to some uh, a little bit of football, man. A little bit of action going on. Got a lot of you know some things popping out, you know, information and stuff. So yeah, yeah, we getting a little bit here now, a little bit here now. Yeah, uh, we got four. Count them four spring games this weekend uh, in the HBCU realm. You've got um, that we four verified. Let me put it like that. Confirmed games. Uh, you've got uh, Albany State. You've got Alcorn State. You've got North Carolina A&T. And then you have Southern. So, hey, yep, you're yep. any one of those areas, go check them out, man. See what they got going on. I'm pretty sure they're going to have other activities as well. I think Southern is doing something else uh but it's it's pretty pretty uh pretty exciting times man. i'm kind of interested to see what comes from that southern spring game especially at the quarterback position i would just say that's the only thing i at most of these schools that's what i want to see i want to see what the quarterback battles look like for some uh yeah. 
Texas Southern, when they, when theirs rolls around, I want to see what that one looks like. I want to see what Alabama A&M does. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously Alabama State, they got their quarterback. I think Alcorn has their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, FAMU obviously has their quarterback. I think Grambling has their quarterback now that Miles Crowley's came over. Right. Um, so, I mean, I feel like a few of these teams – not necessarily the quarterback position. It's more so what do you have? Like, fam, you, how do you replace, you know what I mean, Zach? Exactly. You, play, um, you know what I mean? Some of these – Jack State is a whole other story. But, you know, some of these programs is just how do you replace the weapons that you lost around the quarterback. And then, like you say, a lot of them it is, though, the actual position itself and who's going to be the guy on the center. Yeah. Jackson State, we're going to get there. We gonna get though. Um, we can start there if you want to. You know what? Let's let's go ahead and start there, man. Uh, Jackson State. So when um, the former coach left out, um, there was a lot of um, a lot of players jumped in the portal. A lot of players left, uh, but they retained a lot more, and people came back, and it looked like they were going to, for the most part, be able to hold the ship together. Well, that's true. They did have a lot of guys come back, but they. Even with the guys that they had coming back, you know, they still led FCS in a number of transfers from FCS to FBS programs, 13. So, I mean, that's a significant amount when, you know, and that ain't including the ones who went, you know, FCS to FCS. So, they did retain more than I thought they would, but Mm -hmm. they still took a big blow as far as the numbers. It appears that n- those numbers will continue to climb. Uh, Jackson State has been very quiet, but then you know, so every now and then, and it's, it's, it's you know, so start reading the tea leaves and you start seeing stuff. Uh, you'll see a player here, you know, saying a player there, you know, being talked about. Uh, you start hearing more and more about you know certain players not with the team at this time. Um, I'm not sure exactly everything that's going on. Uh, I don't know if it's. Oh, 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 okay. So, uh, Wilkinson, Xavier Wilkinson entered the portal with two years of eligibility left. That's one. Uh, there was a there, um, and that's you know one of the players we we're talking about or, or mentioned or, or at least. Uh, but then there's others, and it's like the linebacker, the other starting linebacker. Uh, he just entered the portal also. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but the one who started beside Albert Middleacre, he just entered. I want to say Woods, but that I don't think I don't think that's correct. Um, I go, I try to look up, but yeah. no, but but basically, my whole thing is Jackson State has been very tight lipped about things going on at Jackson State, and it and and for the most part, it felt like they were keeping everything together, felt like everything, and I still do think they are. Um, so I don't want it to come off like that. Jarente um, Davis, Davis, okay. Where did I get Woods from? I don't know. But, um, yeah, it is, you know, so I, I, I just, I wish them the best because I want to see them succeed because the narrative, we already know what the narrative is going to be. If Jackson State starts to, if they go back to what they were three or four years ago, meaning, you know, saying they, you know, four or five wins. 
I'm not really as worried about the narrative as much as I'm worried about TC being made a scapegoat. That too. That too. That I'm I'm more so worried about the way people are going to view him if he's not able to live up to the unrealistic expectations of some fans and outside people who you know what I mean who are expecting them to come right back and be in the celebration bowl again next year, you know, be undefeated, one loss, you know, whatever the case may be. And for the people who don't expect some kind of drop off, I'm worried about how they will view TC if the drop off does indeed happen, which I don't see how it's in. I mean, it's inevitable at this point that there'll be some kind of drop off. Right. All right. Give me one. I'm sorry. <clears throat> one sec. I got to hit up about a question about some mills. But you uh speaking of Jackson State, there we go. Uh yeah, so um Jackson State also had a, a joint. You're gonna go okay. All right, Jackson, all right, Jackson State had a joint pro day um the other day, um uh, where they had uh local uh other local Mississippi players, um well I'm not gonna say other local players and put it like that. Um, who were able, you know, what I'm saying allowed to come in and participate. Um, this is not the first time that they've done this. Um, but in this year's uh pro day, it was some, um, I'm not gonna say, and I, I'm not gonna say it was a disaster, but it was, um, some, some miscommunication and also some, um, I'm trying to choose my words proper because. I don't want to, I don't want to come off as like an attack on Jackson State, but uh, I guess was, uh some preferential treatment maybe, maybe. So here's the situation: um, Jackson State's joint pro day. Uh, basically, some of the they have like certain criteria for for different positions that participate. Um, for instance, if you are a wide receiver and you run more than a four nine, um, your offensive after, lineman and you don't bench more than. Thing with 10 reps, 15, 15 reps, 15 reps. then you're they won't let you participate the rest of the you know, saying the rest of the events. Um, also within this, um, there were some activities, um, I guess I don't know exactly which ones, but there were some um drills and stuff that they uh made exclusive to only Jackson State players. Now, this is it comes across as like, as you said, preferential treatment. Um, it comes across almost kind of dirty. Cause if, if you advertise, Hey, I'm bringing out a bunch of, you know, saying players from all over and, and stuff. And then you only showcase Jackson state, uh, people can take that and, and kind of look down on it. I don't want this to feel like fam, you 2019. And I'm going to tell you, explain what I mean by that. Um, I don't want this to feel like uh, this sort of. Are you talking about the Florida State or FAMU and Florida State? FAMU and Florida State held their pro day on the same day. Nobody showed up at FAMU. Yeah. And I'm going to get to that. But, all right. So before I, before I criticize Jackson State too much, mm-hmm. I have to admit that. I'm ignorant on how this works as yeah. far as 
you know, the pro days of, for, with different players from different universities on one campus. Uh, I know it. I know it happens regularly and often. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been other times in you know in Louisiana where smaller schools would go to LSU's pro day, for example. You know what I mean? So, but I'm not sure if at those pro days this situation happens to where oh, only LSU players can 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 do this drill or you know what I mean? And and you know the the kid from. Southeastern Louisiana, you know, he can't do the drill. I'm not sure if that's how it works at those pro days or if this is something that's, you know, unique to the Jackson State pro day. So um, I will say, though, it sounds sketchy and it sounds kind of fishy. And it almost sounds like you're trying to hinder the draft stock of the players from the other universities and boost and, you know, boost up yours, the players from your university, um, because of that. So, I mean, I just – I don't know. It seems, it seems weird to me, and, and I don't know why they would do that other than to make the Jackson State players look better and provide more, you know, more data and more info for the Jackson State players compared to the Alcorn or Mississippi Valley or, you know, whoever, Jones Community College, you know, whoever the other schools may be. It just seems like they're sketchy. That's very sketchy to me. And I don't know, is Jackson State in charge of that? Or is like, – who's in charge of that? Who's in charge of allowing what players to do what drills? Like, I, I don't know. I think, I think we need to kind of get a little more facts about and a little more info about how the whole process works so we can really know kind of who to point the finger at and kind of who to say – yeah, they're the ones who kind of dropped the ball in this situation. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Until then, I don't really know how much more we could do or how much more we could really know about the situation because we don't have all the, the, the right. facts and the, and the information. stuff. Yeah. Now, where I did get most of the information that I do know, uh, I watched a uh, shout out to uh, HBC Overdrive with uh, Doc Holliday. Uh, watch this show. Um, also, uh, reading tweets from uh, Miss She The I Love. Um, so I kind of know that there's, you know, what she, the, some of the information that they provided. Um, I know not all information was provided because, you know, you're, you're going to, if it's if it's something bad, you're going to protect. Yeah. Not saying that that's what necessarily going to, you know, and it's not necessarily an intentional by them, but. You well, I just saying? say this too. They're they're getting the Jackson State side of the story. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that too. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so I, I I want that to be you know what Jackson State was attempting to do. I, I applaud. You know, what I'm saying it's great. I hope they continue to do it. Um, sometimes the execution isn't always, you know, what I'm saying doesn't always fall where we need it to be, and that's why I brought up FAMU twenty nineteen. So. In 2019, FAMU had a pro day the same day as um, Florida State, and I think it was like supposed to start an hour after Florida State. Um, of course, with it being Florida State, scouts were going to show up, NFL scouts. So Florida State, Florida A&M wanted to capitalize on that. The problem is, um, as it was later found out, uh, school officials from FAMU did not submit – or register it with the NFL. So a lot of the, the scouts did not even know. Yeah. Or were not aware. 
Um, so when I said about, you know, we've got to do our due diligence, um, you don't want to miss miss uh, uh, someone else's opportunity up because of your failings. Um, and when I say that, your failings to communicate with uh, the players, the, the participating players, your, your failures to communicate with the, uh, the scouts that may be there, uh, your failings to communicate with uh, the um, – with the coaches on which drills should be run. Uh, because another thing that they mentioned about the Jack State says something like the, uh, the broad jump measurements were incorrect or the way they were measuring were incorrect. It's stuff like that, man, where, you know, we've got to be sharper. Um, we, as HBCUs, we already get looked at like um, we're less than we're, we're inferior or we can't do which we, we know it's not true because when HBC, a lot of HBC players make it to the NFL or to the next level, mm-hmm. they shine. Yeah. Uh, so our boy, our boy G from uh, Draft, Draft HBC. HBC. Yeah. yeah, he um he made a comment in one of those HBC United spaces about universities not registering their players for the combine. It's, you know what I mean? To where they could even get not even yeah, well, that's that's so that's how you get, you know. What I mean, that's how you get selected to the combine. So it's like if you aren't doing all you can for the student, you know, before the process starts, how can we expect you to do everything during the process? You know what I'm Bingo. saying? So it's just kind of, and I'm not saying that schools aren't doing this or that all schools aren't doing this. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, you know, if you aren't going at your full potential, pushing your players towards the next level, then these type of situations can arise. Bingo. Uh, so, again, with that being said, man, um, I hope that that this is a lesson learned uh, for for all involved uh, because since then I, I hadn't heard anything about fam. You having any issues. Um, also, ironically, that was uh, Willie Simmons. I think that was like his second year there. Um, they were going through different transitions with different uh administrators and stuff um again this being jackson state's uh first pro day under under uh coach tc although he's kind of taken over mid stride with this thing um you know it's 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 while i do understand how you know saying mishaps happen we do have to be sharper with some of this stuff so um but Let's 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 turn to uh, somebody who has taken, I guess you could say, their missteps and, and capitalized. Reggie Barlow. Reggie Barlow was a a wide receiver at Alabama State. Then went on to play in the league. Um, he then returned to Alabama State as a uh, quarterbacks coach and then ultimately ended up being the interim head coach and then the head coach at Alabama State. Um, he did not have a losing season during his tenure, but hmm. he didn't That's win. Impressive. Yeah, but he did not have those wins over the, Ma- the big teams. Yeah. The Magic City Classic. Uh, I think he didn't have a winning record in the uh, Turkey Day Classic. and stuff. So it's, it was yeah. little stuff. And administrators decided to go away from him. He ended up going to Virginia State. Ended up being like uh, his his record at Virginia State was because uh, because uh, when I saw it, I was like, wow, thirty four and fifteen overall. Um, 
at Virginia State and end, also ended up uh, in 2017, had an undefeated season, went 10 and 0, was a CIAA champion, and earned a berth in the uh, D2 playoffs. Um, since then, he is not well. Now he is coaching in the XFL, and he has the yeah. DC Defenders undefeated, the only the remaining, yeah, that's the undefeated team. So, very impressive. Kudos to him, man. Yeah, um, and, and and it just goes to show that uh, talented coaches can come from HBCU ranks. Bingo. This is what reason why I kind of bring him up now. He uh he mentioned uh and I, I found this article on HBCUsports.com um, where they were talking and he was interviewed and he basically oh he was interviewed uh on ESPN First Take and he says uh, that it's important to me that we are in this position and we know hopefully this will give other people other African Americans minorities an opportunity to get a chance to coach in the National Football League. I am who I am because of HBCU, because of Alabama State giving me an opportunity to come play there, play come, to come there to play college football. Also giving me the opportunity to come back and be the head coach. I learned so much from Alabama State, that experience, and then I was able to go to Virginia State, which is a fine university that gave me an opportunity to continue to be a better coach, to continue to learn my craft. Then at the end, he says, as I mentioned, I am who I am because of HBCUs. They've been outstanding to me, and I'm grateful for them. Yeah. Man, that's great stuff right there, bro. And, I mean, you could tell that there's there's true appreciation in there. You know what I mean? And like, they ain't, that ain't just nothing that he's just saying to say because it was unsolicited. You know what I mean? And that's Bingo. how you know it's genuine. Bingo, um, man. So it's it's stuff like that. It's, it's news like that. Conversations like that, which uh, need to be had more uh, with more coaches. Is uh, those who show that appreciation to say, you know, saying, hey, you know, saying I, I you know, saying these are the things that I learned that I, you know, saying garnered and gained from uh, my experience at an HBCU. Mm-hmm. Instead of the pointing out the you know saying the lack thereof and and we could do better if we had yeah you know it's it's, you know saying let's talk about what we got what we appreciate so yeah definitely yeah so uh i mentioned football season coming up uh it was announced yesterday this year's hbcu new york classic will feature morehouse and albany state september 16th 2023 september 16th that's in new york it's in New York. So that's two weeks after Hampton and Grambling play in New Jersey. So the, they getting a, the Northeast getting a nice taste of that HBCU football. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of getting a taste of football, Morgan State. Banks, where you at? Morgan State. Oh, is Lord. A, Don't summon uh, him. <laughs> uh, are they auditioning for the CAA? They got uh, on their schedule. They have four teams. They're hey. playing four teams from the CAA. Hey, I ain't gonna lie, Banks. <clears throat> One could say that it seems like Morgan State is the team that the CAA is hitting up at two thirty. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
you mind if I come through? Or you can come to my place if you want. It don't matter. Like, I'm not saying that's the case. Me personally, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying. One could make the argument. You know what's funny? Dr. Bill gave uh gave somebody a very interesting uh they chimed in and said, Hey, you know what I'm saying? You know, I got an interesting bet. Why don't y'all bet um Yeah, I heard this one. That's you know what I'm saying. Who have more CAA wins, Morgan State or North Carolina A T? That was pretty uh, who you got? I know you're not gonna say it. I know you're not going to say it. All I'm saying is North Carolina, North Carolina A and T got a new head coach. Valid point. They got a new head coach. Um, Valid point, but I don't know. Morgan State got a real good defense too. That's that's true, but. The the new coach of AT was a defense coordinator for William and Mary. It was very good. And he has he if I'm not mistaken, he's been at AT before. I'm not sure. I have to look it up, but I'm not sure. I don't... But yeah, it, mm, mm. Who you got? I'm gonna go AT. Okay. Uh, I'm looking. No, he has not been at ANT. He was not at ANT before. He uh, high school Dallas the uh, Dallas Cowboys, Virginia, uh, Richmond, Virginia, Virginia, UConn, UConn, Howard, William and Mary. Howard, that's what he was at. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. How? Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I don't... Morgan State does have a great defense, though. Great defense. I don't know who they play, though. Who do they play in the, in the city? Uh, let me pull it up. They, I know they got Richmond and Townsend. Uh, I want to say they got Stony Brook. Is Rich? I don't know if Richmond in the CAA. Yeah, they are. They are? Okay. Uh, they could beat Townsend. Richmond got, and Stony Brook. So. Uh, who they, who they fall for? They, right now, they might be going two and two. Pull it up. Um, Albany is Albany? No, Albany is not. Is Albany in the? No, 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 no. Let's see. So they've got Richmond, Akron, Townsend, Albany. It's got to be Albany. Albany, Stony Brook. They also play Yale, so Albany. Yeah, I, I say two and two for them. So it's gonna be interesting. So AT got to get more than two wins. Ooh, can AT win three games? In the, I think AT can win three games. And you don't think they can win three games? It's gonna be close. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. Very interesting. So, but uh. Yeah, so that's gonna be answer. That's an interesting bet. I, I want to see. I don't know if they took it, but I think that's an interesting bet. Um, man, uh, there was a for D one HBCU D one baseball baseball. 
Jeez. Basketball. Uh, some more honors have come out uh, from uh, BoxToRow.com. Uh, for the men's side, the man himself, Joe Bryant Jr., was named the HBCU D1 Player of the Year. Um, I mean, I mean was that, is that a surprise, really? No, it's not. Uh, Kenny, Blake, <laughs> Kenny Blakeney was named the uh, Coach of the Year, National Coach of the Year for uh, D1 HBCUs. On the women's side, Ayana Emanuel from Alabama State and Destiny Howell from Howard were named co-players of the year. Um, Coach Larry Vickers from uh, Norfolk State was named the coach of the year. That's on the women's side. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mess it up. They, sp- they spelled it right this time, Dave. <laughs> I uh, said, so you didn't mess up that name this time. No, sir. Kenny Blackney. Blackney. Yeah, they put a C in there. I'm like, oh, that ain't that man name. But uh, I don't yeah. think any of them are really surprises. Yeah. Um, We talked about this. Southern and their, ba- and their coaching search. It looks like that search is over. Uh. Reports are that Tulane assistant Kevin Johnson is mm-hmm. likely to get that job. I don't know if it, I think they already announced. Yeah, they've they've announced. They announced. Okay, yeah. So Kevin Johnson, uh, he's currently a, well, he was a Tulane assistant. He now has is the head man at Southern. Uh, he has over over twenty eight years of coaching experience. Um, yeah, he's spent the last. Four on Ron Hunter's coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Ron Hunter, ain't that the one who uh, mm-hmm. Georgia State? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't hire Carlos Sample to his staff. That's a name we you were talking about mentioning. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. That'd be yeah. nice. So other, so other might. Okay. Tulane has a player. <laughs> Tulane has a player named, named Jalen <coughs> Cook, mm-hmm. the former Gator, uh, Louisiana Mr. Basketball Gatorade Player of the Year, whatever they call it now, um, who went, went to LSU, transferred to Tulane after a year, and just entered the transfer portal. Say Jalen Cook? Yeah. Mm. I'm not saying he is, <clears throat> but if Kevin could bring him if Coach Johnson could bring him from with him to Tulane, that's how you started off right there. That's how you start off your team. That would be big. Um, Jalen Cook, man. I tell you what, I know he, somebody who missed him now. He, yeah, but he and he's from Baton Rouge, Jerry, so he would be right back at home. Mm-hmm. Man, that's good, man. Big, big ups to you know what I'm saying Southern for uh, a great hire. Um he gonna have to jump, you know, saying jump in and hot and heavy, because uh, yeah. Well, Southern, Southern had talent, and they started yeah. off. They started, they started out hot, I know. And, and they did a lot in in the past few years. They just couldn't maintain. Yeah. Um. Do you remember the story we about the uh, umpire who who made that that call against Mississippi Valley State? Uh, mm-hmm. the, the egregious call. Um, well, he has expressed regret 
So imagine that. Yeah, that man trying to get his job back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been basically suspended uh, indefinitely. Uh, but Reggie Drummer told the Plate Meeting podcast that he had ejected two players and warned both teams prior to that ninth inning call. Um, he claimed that fans directed what he was uh, he described as racist language at him, and that he had been involved in multiple exchanges with Mississippi Valley State players and their manager Milton Barney. Said, I'm not upset. I'm more hurt because I'm getting all this from my people when I know I'm calling a good game. I'm calling a fair game. <clears throat> Moving on. That's 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 I'm not gonna dignify that with a response. That is just yeah. Um yeah, moving on. Uh Southern. Bring it back, men's and women's golf. And what? And men's tennis as well. Oh, men's tennis. Okay. That's yep, what's yep, up, man. Yep. So, Definitely, man. Glad to see that more opportunities for scholarships for some players. You know what I mean? And more chance for the the swag to compete. So I mean, you know, it's I know you don't want to say for, it. I know I'm you don't want to say it. I'm gonna say this. I think I've read tea leaves. Grambling is going to be the next team. I mean, the next university to get uh, HBCU to get gymnastics. I'm not going to say that they are. I know, but I'm not going to say that they are, but I know that they are working on it. I will just say that. So with that being said, when I'm starting to see a lot more HBCUs adding sports, what does that tell you? Well, first of all, first of all, first of all, the fact that they're adding sports at a time where most people are cutting sports tells you what. Because Iowa Wesleyan mm-hmm. just just clipped their sports. We just saw the school in uh, Saint, it was Saint Francis, I think. Saint, that I think it was Saint Francis that cut all of their sports. And then here you are, adding gymnastics programs at Fisk and at Talladega and adding, uh, getting baseball back at Wilberforce and, you know, um, getting, getting um, what was it? Um, didn't how, Steph Curry have Howard Golf Club uh, start back up or, or start a golf team at Howard? A few years, sure. You know what I mean? So you got all these different. Different HB, then you got Southern getting two two golf teams and a men's you got, tennis you team. You got Dillard adding baseball, Dillard adding track, baseball competitive cheer. Exactly. So I mean, it's just a, it's just curious to me that how all these other schools are cutting sports. And I'm not saying some HBCUs aren't, but you also have a lot of HBCUs that are adding programs, which means that the athletic departments must be doing pretty well. Cause they're not having to cut. So I'm gonna say uh, one thing that we know that has limited a lot of HBCUs has been funding. Bingo. Um, has been uh, uh, television deals and things like that. Do not be surprised if you see a TV deal pop up in some of your favorite HBCUs. 
I mean, I would be out for that. That's all I'm saying. That TV money sit real different in them pockets. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, uh, but let, let's let's uh, we're gonna keep that though. We're gonna mark that because uh, as soon as we start seeing these these other programs and stuff, just remember HBCU. I told you, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hmm. Mm. Dave says that's a shame mm, that's a that many point. would automatically say stuff like that's what's able to happen when the money isn't stolen. Well, I, I would counter what? I would counter and say I would counter and say that's what happens whenever the government properly funds or you know gives because you know there has been under the past regime. You know, money given from the federal government to HBCUs, which has allowed them to move some other money around mm -hmm. and give a little bit more back to athletics to be able to do things like this. So I would make the argument that this is what happens whenever HBCUs are properly or more properly, closer to properly, whatever the words you want to use, when they're better funded. How about we just say that? This is what happens when HBCUs are, are better funded and better managed. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Instead of just saying people are still the money. Now, nah, this is what happened when the government give them what they deserve. I, so I, I will agree with, with Dave where he said that, you know, saying so this is what happened when money isn't stolen, when the money isn't stolen from you. This is what happened when money isn't stolen from you or kept from you. Um, if I'm not mistaken, certain schools like uh, Southern, for instance. Uh, yeah, 1.2 billion. With a B. 1.2 billion that they are owed with a B. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's that I completely agree. Um, Fort Valley State, man, uh, congratulations to Dr. Renee Miles Payne as she is she has been hired as the new director of athletics for Fort Valley State uh, University. I, I want to say this, man. I don't know much as far as like looking at like the almost the entire MEAC athletic directors are women. FAMU's athletic director is a woman. Dillard University's athletic director is a woman. Dare to say that the MEAC is one of the most progressive conferences? I believe so. I believe so. Matter of fact, I'm not going to say believe. I, they definitely are. Yeah. So um, it's just great to see, um, and, and you know, the women being able to lead the way in sports and to, um, you know what I'm saying, pr properly manage and take care of things and, have, you know, say how their sports elevate, man, and, and do great things, man. Shout out to, speaking of that, shout out to uh, AD Keisha. <laughs> over at uh, South Carolina State. Uh, shout out there, man. Um, but yeah, man, I, I want to, you know, saying see a lot of that, and it's it's starting to become a real big trend. So, um, this school, the fighting Erica, Erica uh, Lee's, um, they continue to to win uh, in athletics and, and, and other things. Howard's Call of Duty esports team, nicknamed Cold Steel, won first prize at the Mountain Dew 
uh Mountain Dew Get Wrecked. Get wrecked challenge. Okay. Yeah, I, I, what did I write? What did what in the world did I put? I don't know, but yeah, get wrecked challenge. Uh it was a total of five hundred thousand um dollars in the pot. They got first place and got eighty K of that. Um but the Get Wrecked Challenge was a challenge for all HBCU esports teams uh come out. So, you know, saying congratulations to them on an amazing feat. So hold on. I got one we got one more story I gotta get to, but I gotta make sure I get uh make sure I get the get that properly. Bam, there it is. All right, last story, man. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to, I'm trying to find the name, Miss, uh, Reagan Hales. Reagan Hales, uh, saw an avenue that was, um, not explored and kind of, you know, saying missing. And so she, she decided to find a way to make it more inclusive for HBCUs and and harp on the success and the viral moments that we've seen from HBCU cheerleaders. So Ms. Reagan Hales basically um, started the National Stump and Shake Cheerleading Found, uh, Federation. As we know, a lot of times uh, HBCU cheerleaders don't just, you know, say go up there and do a, a quick cheer and stuff like that. They have a cadence. They have a stomp. They may, sh- they stroll like you know, what I'm saying like a sorority. So, she decided to create this federation, and the National Black Cheerleading Championship will be held this Sunday, April second, at North Carolina Central. That's now, the the thing about this, she said, even if your your um, your cheer squad does not consider themselves a stomp and shake cheer team. You're more than welcome. You're included. You may come participate. I mean, that's ain't that what HBCUs do, though? It is. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Yeah, it is. So, true to yeah, the spirit, but, man. Yeah. Shout out to HBCU Game Day, uh, Stephen Gaithers, man, for uh, for this story. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's I I love this, you know finding a new because we do see these competitions and stuff man it's and it's big to have that you know have this inclusion um what was the school god morgan state morgan state just started a um it wasn't gymnastics but it's it's uh i forget what it's called like almost like cheerleading parkour um it's, it's uh <laughs> but it's it's more like you know saying competitive cheer with with, with uh acrobatics that's what yeah. it's, it's like acrobatic something, but they, you know, saying pretty much brought that in and stuff. I don't know if that was, you know, saying kind of the writing on the wall that hey, something like this was coming, but you know, saying kudos, man. It's it's just great to see, as we just said, when people are shutting down, we're adding. So definitely, definitely, Dave. I ain't, I was gonna put that out. I'm not putting it. Yeah, don't do that, <laughs> bro. <laughs> oh man but uh man you got anything else man it was kind of quick man uh here's some good stories i mean yeah we uh we skipped um 
what I skipped. South Carolina Central. I mean, South Carolina Central. Lord. South Carolina State hired former North Carolina A&T offensive coordinator. Um, what's the man's name? Uh, Chris Barnett to the wide receiver coach. Um, I think that came out today, if I'm not mistaken. Yesterday. Uh, yesterday. yesterday. Okay. No, no, uh, it did come out. It did come out today. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought right. I saw it yesterday. I saw it late yesterday. I yeah, it might. Yesterday. Yeah, it might have dropped late yesterday. Um, uh, and then it's been some big time transfers, bro. Uh, Alcorn got, got a big time JUCO transfer. Basketball, um, right? Basketball, yeah. Um, Howard got transferred from Notre Dame and Norfolk State, if I'm not mistaken, got uh transferred from UNC Wilmington, big time player. So uh, yeah, it's been some some I know we've lost a few uh big time transfers as well. Um we're not lost yet. Uh, I know settles from Howard entered the uh Justin Wright from North Carolina Central. There's been a few others entered, but it's been it's been pretty big seeing some of the names that's been, you know, finding their way to HBCU campuses through the portal. Yeah, Kasim uh, Valls, the uh, Jackson State transfer. Uh, he earlier, uh, I want to say this month, he uh, collapsed, uh, was sick, and had been in, had been hospitalized uh, since. Uh, he was released from the hospital today, and you know, it's just you know want to. Want to shout that out, man, and and say if you you know what I'm saying you somebody who prays, man, continue to do so because definitely you know what I'm saying it works. So yeah, no, actually it was last month, man, when he got when he uh collapsed. Jeez, no, it wasn't. It was yeah, it was last month, February fifteenth. Jeez, man, I just whew. um. You mentioned that Howard picked up a, a big time transfer in Ford from uh North Car- uh Notre Dame. Yes, yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't know if I. Yeah, it's been it's been a few big ones, man. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I'm if I'm missing anything. We had two uh two women uh college players into their name to the uh WNBA draft also. Um, yeah, Emmanuel, uh, uh, Emmanuel Ayala Emmanuel from Alabama State. Howard. Yeah. Yeah, from Alabama State, my bad. And then the young lady from uh, I think North Carolina Central, Jasmine Harris. I think there you she go. Was North Carolina, North Carolina A and T. A and T. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good luck to them. It's hard to make the WNBA, but good luck to them, young, young ladies, man, on their attempt to you know play at the highest level. Yeah, man. I I I want to see because if I'm not mistaken, currently we have no HBCU. Um, Man, players in the it's, it's it's 144 spots, bro. I know. That's that's tough, bro. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But that's all I got, brother. Unless all right, you that's, got that's all I got, man. I'm looking at I think that is it. Um Yeah, that's it, man. Um uh, we'll be back next week, man. Be back on on Monday. You know what I'm saying? Sir. Lord willing, we'll be back on Monday. You ever seen that little boy? <laughs> mm-hmm. How old are you? Lord willing, I'll be six on my birthday. <laughs> that boy was raised by his great grandparents. <laughs> yeah, boy, I raised by. Come on. <laughs> I ain't going. I ain't doing. Nope, not doing it tonight. Nope.
Mm-mm. All right, man. All right, we can get up out of here. Uh, like I said, we'll be back next week. Uh, till then, we out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.